<clears throat> you guys ready? Man, you just really got the boy George thing going, which is a little concerning. <laughs> Here, just so Rick knows the context. <laughs> Do you even know who boy George is? I've heard of him, but I don't listen to him. Yeah. Just right. the roadmap for the session here is that I'm going to start off talking about some of my just general wisdom on culture. Well, that'll and take a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll really set us up well. Can you plug in some? <laughs> and then uh, yeah. we're going to talk about these these three churches. Oh. Uh, they're not, we're not going to give their titles. Oh. But yeah. Um, Christchurch. Yeah. And, and, and Rick, I'm going to. I'm going to lean on you, okay. right? And I'll set you up, and okay. then you just answer some questions. Okay. We don't want to read it. We just want to yeah. generally just generally talk about it, okay? Sure. Okay. You guys ready? Yes. I've never done this before. Uh, okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> now. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Oh, one thing I forgot to say, Rick. Oh, God. Is that the the way the way that this works? Yeah, is me, that uh, work. I'm already sweating. Well, yeah. just to make it easy for you, the way it works is that when I have my hand like this, that means for you to talk. But when I do this, that means stop talking. Means shut up! It's shut up! Okay. It's my turn. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> wow! So when I see this, I'm gonna go. And you get the point. And that's what I say. <laughs> fist clench. Fist clench. Oh no. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys, before we get started today, we do have a special guest. Yes. We have Rick Cadden in the room with the us. Rick uh, he is our business administrator, pastor of finance, director of guest services ministries. Money guru. I mean, you mm. name it, he's done Facilities. it. Facilities. Yes, yeah. facilities, yeah. everything. So, yes. Rick, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for making the trip in. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> hey, crazy pastors, I think sometimes people don't really understand why we do what we do. I think initially our idea was to talk about crazy pastors, and then we realized, oh, we're them. <laughs> <laughs> we is them. We are, are the crazy pastors. So, the whole title of really came out of this idea that every single senior pastor in the world is a little bit crazy. Because why? Well, because he has to work with executive exactly. pastors. <laughs> now, what I'm really just trying to say is that all of us are a little bit crazy, and especially if you have a pastoral title, it's a hard job. It's a very, very complex, a lot of different things to manage. And so we all have that crazy gene somewhere in us. And this podcast is just uh, showing that off a little bit. Yeah, but what's been interesting <laughs> is just other people, like church people, making comments of, wow, I, I gained some new insight and understanding about pastor roles or about the church. So it's not just for pastors. No, it's no, It's got no. a wide audience of it, it, concerned listeners. It, both good and bad. I mean, I've had some people come up to me at our own church and say, oh, now I understand. Yeah. You really are crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it goes both ways. And then I'll pray for you, right? That was the follow-up <laughs> statement. Yes. Yes, later. <laughs> First you write their name down, uh, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, today's episode is entitled Culture Club, and we're very excited to have this podcast today. Great band. What, 
<laughs> no one's going to stop me on that? Uh, I knew Ronnie would on that one. Great band, yeah. Okay. What's so your favorite that was song? out of Rick's wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. was... I'm sorry. It is not entitled Culture Code, but we are going to talk about staff culture. Mm. And so let me set up what I'm thinking through on this. A new thought for me. We've talked about culture in the past, but I saw Dr. Tim Elmore. He used this phrase at a conference. He said that every organization has a soundtrack. Mm. And man, that really took root with me. So much so that I have borrowed it from Tim and I have used it in other environments now. Like Good to I, give him credit. So what does that absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Explain that. Yeah. Well, the way it works is that every single movie that we watch that really resonates with us long term for our entire lives, not only is an incredible story that's being told and you have these great visuals and cinematics and I mean, it's great acting, but you also have the soundtrack. Yes. The soundtrack, those songs that we connect with deeply and emotionally, that is the undergirding of everything that happens. And it's amazing when you have these, you think about Star Wars, mm -hmm. and every single one of those characters has a theme song. And when they come onto the screen, all of a sudden their song starts to play, and it just, it, you can't help but emote with it. Yes. Right? Have you ever watched a movie without the soundtrack? He showed it's, that. Yes. He did that with it's so Rocky. Different. He it's, showed Rocky coming out, yeah. and he... Did it with the theme oh, really? song, yeah. and, you know, and you're pumped, and you're the music going, and then he said, now watch this, and it was Rocky coming out when there was no music, yeah. and you're just like, oh, it's, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the sound of his feet it's hitting amazing. the pavement. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of dull and boring. Yeah. It, it really was. Yeah. And so we so, all need our own soundtrack. Well, we all have our own soundtrack, oh, and, and the point is, more. as an organization, just think how organizations work, how churches and staffs work together, that if you have the theme song of Jaws. Yes. Two cello notes. And if we mm. played that right now, every single person would know exactly where that's from. Yes. Even though the movie came out 50 years ago or however long ago it was. Right. Well, 40, because I was 10 when it came out. I remember oh, it really? very clearly. Your parents took you to see Jaws no, at 10 my years parents, old. <laughs> my my wow. parents specifically mm, said, you says, cannot watch this movie. That explains a few things. And so I went over to a friend's house and watched it <laughs> and had ter oh. night terrors for a long time. Just, yes. The movie scared me. Real to real. But an organization has a soundtrack also. Hmm. And so That's you good. have, as leaders of your church and of your staff or of your company, you have complete control over what that soundtrack's going to be. Is it going to strike terror into your people? <laughs> Is it going to be like Star Wars and give inspiration or Superman or like even the, the theme to the Olympics? Yeah. You, what, however you feel about the Olympics, every time I hear the theme song for the Olympics, yes. I sit up a little bit straighter. My pulse quickens a little bit. I get, get excited about Get out your javelin. That. Yeah, I do. Discus was my thing. <laughs> oh, okay, not javelin. Yeah, yeah. That, so you get to pick your own soundtrack. You should. Or the Tim. Okay, you should, and that is the oh. crux of it, Don't right? Let but a church could probably make their own soundtrack unintentionally. That's exactly right, Rick. And mm. it not be good. Well, yeah. and and that that's really the point. What we're yeah. going to do, we're going to talk about a couple different churches. Uh, Rick and I had the opportunity a few weeks ago to speak at a conference down in Houston, and just really enjoyed that. We unpacked some new ideas. So, Rick, one of the things that we did is that we identified, and it's not uh, unique to us. I mean, right, Vanderbilt right. and others have done things very similar to this, but we essentially identified three different types of churches. So what is Church A like? Church A is a smart church, and it's usually unhealthy because there's two combinations. You want to be smart and healthy. So Church A is just a smart church. They're all about strategery. Ah, <laughs> strategery. <laughs> I had to throw that word in there. I Thank love you, that word. George Bush. 
they're all about strategy. Everything they do is just, okay, how are we going to accomplish things? They think they're smart in how they operate. Everything they do is just geared around that. They spend hours and hours and hours on the whiteboard making plans and having strategy. And the problem is there's no health in the staff, right? And so uh, just an example, a guy, you know, the pastor will get up there and do a whiteboard presentation on how to evangelize the lost. And it's all about just strategy and plans. And he's dictating this stuff there. But the staff is unhealthy. They're not even on board with it, you know, and so they leave the room and then they're walking down the hallway going, well, are y'all going to do that? I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Right. What kind of plan was that? Mm. Yeah. So sometimes we have that disconnect between uh, what leadership is saying, what people are doing. Right. And then you also in that same type of environment have a strong execution culture where it's all about getting stuff done. Exactly. Right? And that's a pretty high-paced, fast-paced environment. And oftentimes, there's going to be some staff turnover in that type of environment. Yeah, I was going to say, in that, it's just all smart. It's all strategy. It's all planning. And typically, in those churches, a lot of chaos, a lot of dysfunction, turnover, right? Right. And the background of that is, hey, I got a great plan, but I don't have anybody to implement it. Yeah. Can I just share a side note to this? Yeah, yeah please. I was not invited to this conference. Oh. So just, <laughs> yeah. just want to throw that in there in case. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they already had the keynote. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, gone, I, not even as a keynote. participant. We threw your I name in for next year. I wasn't invited to ride in the car with you guys, but that's fine. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> all right. Can we all so, agree? Can we all agree that we all know churches that are that way, right? Yeah. And yes. we probably all serve churches that are mm-hmm. like that. Now, th- there's the opposite end of the spectrum. If the pendulum shifts all the other way, we have another church, B. And how was that titled? B was, uh, I called it a fluffy church. Okay. So a fluffy church is really, it's kind of the in-between. They may have strategy. They got planning. They may have a pretty healthy staff, probably unintentional, that just the pastor, you know, it starts from the top, comes down. The pastor's great. You know, he's a great leader. And the I staff, like this church. Yeah, the staff like him. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. likes Ronnie. <laughs> There's not a lot of chaos. There's not a lot of dysfunction, but they're just fluffy. It means that they don't, they may not accomplish a lot. And they'll have a great plan every once in a while. And they'll say, hey, yeah, let's do this. And they'll implement it. And the staff go, yeah, it'd be great. But right. there's, there's not a lot of intentionality to what they want to do and what, what they want to accomplish. Yeah, I want to like, change my boat. I don't want to. I don't want to be this <laughs> well, it, it's a good church. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it can be a good. It can church. be a good church. It can be a good church. And in the lead well content, we use a Harvard Business Review article from 15 years ago or so, and they put these quadrants of people on an image. And I know this is going to be a little sharp, so just bear with me here. Yeah, I'm ready. What they identified is that those what would they call a smart church? This first church we mentioned. Mm-hmm is kind of high execution, gets a lot of stuff done. The problem is there's kind of a wake of human carnage behind you as you do that kind of leadership. <laughs> oh. And so they titled that person a competent jerk. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And okay. I know that's harsh to hear. Yeah, well, but, uh, but real. It is yeah. real. And, right. and all of us have a propensity to fit into one of these categories in our weakness, right? So the other one, though, the fluffy example, the kind of just accidentally it happens— right. Is but it's also full of fun and people enjoy being there. They labeled that person a lovable fool. Oh, Ooh, wow. yeah. And were these angry people making these titles? <laughs> no, but but boy, doesn't Jerk it really? It, yeah. it it causes you to feel something though when yeah. you hear this, right? Yeah. Because what my experience over the past years of working with churches is that the church is full of these two extremes. Yeah. Mm. Competent jerks and lovable fools, mm. and makes well, me feel bad for those people. 
And glad that I'm not one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those people, it's them. Well, okay, yeah. before we go right. any further, Let's so all you church. people that are, you know, smashing your, your car stereos while you're driving down the road or putting or bad reviews. Tape, yeah. Right. Hey, just know this. I mean this in all sincerity. Ronnie and myself and Rick have a propensity to act like one of these two from time to time. Hmm. I guarantee it. Thanks for that group mm, confession. Yeah, really. We're not fit in there. <laughs> well, and so we have to fight against it. So right. then we have this other church. We have the third church, Church C. Right. What was that like? All right. Church C is smart and healthy. There you go. So, all right. So that's what you want. So Lincioni, you know, Patrick Lincioni speaks on this all the time. They want to be healthy and smart, and they're, they're going to have strategy. That's going to be very important. They're going to be very intentional. They're going to have mission, vision, strategy statements, not printed on the paper and hanging in the church office. They're, they're going to be doing it. Right. Right. And then in the background, their culture of their staff is super healthy. They value one another. They have low politics, low confusion. They spend a lot of time and intentional about making the staff well-groomed and well-oiled. And so so now you got a pastor that say, I've got this strategy. You know, we're going to do this, this, and that. And then you got a staff that goes, yeah, absolutely. I'm all for it. You know, let's do it. And then they're, then they're leaving the room and they're going, hey, this is going to be awesome. You know, what, what can I do to help? Right. And yeah. so it's building the team. It's totally opposite of A. Yeah. And it's kind of a combination of A and B. So what we're trying to do is really just set the stage that there is a way to have the best of both worlds, to have a yeah. fun, enjoyable work experience with people that you really enjoy being around. Oh, and by the way, get a bunch of stuff done. Right. right? Yeah. So it takes both in order to do yeah. it right. And if there is a key to what yeah. we've done, and we're not unique in this, there's churches all across the country doing it, but it's having very clear mission, vision, strategy, and values. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's yeah. the key. So let's just start off so we're all on the same page. Every evangelical church for the last 2,000 years should have the same mission which is to share the gospel and make disciples. Right. It's pretty simple. Christ set that standard for us. That's our mission. Now, I know that sometimes people get caught up in these words on what's mission and vision. Let's just assume that's the definition, though. The vision is how you're going to uniquely carry out that mission. So for our church, we really have four things that we say that we do, right, as our vision of the church. Would you guys care to share those? Vision is to be multi-generational. Mm-hmm. Realize we have... Five generations represented here in our church, and that's a good thing. We see that as a good thing, um, and that helps set a course, right? So multi-generational, multi-venued. We have mm-hmm. different worship locations here on our campus, right? and then multi-site. So we do fostering churches, adopting churches, planning churches, satellites, which has been a history of this church, planning churches. We want to get back into that, so that's part of our goal. Right. And then to be, which... We originally started saying regional equipping church. Yeah. Right. We might want to take the word Global. regional out. Oh, yeah. Global <laughs> equipping church. Yeah. Yeah. This, because wow. of the podcast. Podcast. Yeah. You can go around the world. And, That's right. No. And we do things outside of the Metroplex That's right. to help churches. And we do, but we, we really, let's just. Let's, nope. Let's, nope. We're taking regional out right now. We <laughs> are an equipping church. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me make that change. Equipping so, church. Yeah. There are four things that we've right. committed to do, and that gives us some clarity on when people come up with ideas and there's a thousand different ministry opportunities of things we could do. If they don't fit into and help the growth of these four areas, then our answer is generally going to be no. Yeah, because I think a lot of times churches sacrifice greatness for goodness. Amen. Right? These are good yeah. things. And so, and there's a lot of good things out there. 
this may not be the right thing for you to do or your church to do. And if you don't have some kind of framework to make those decisions, you're just going to be, it's always trial and error and you're overloading and you wear people out. And so we just learned years ago, you need to have that frame. Everything needs to fit in that frame. Now who you are may change down the road. And so then that adjusts, but in the moment, this really helps as a guide to making good decisions. Hey, speaking of greatness, can I give a shout out real quick well, to you. the <laughs> to the family oh, the Family Justice Center of Fort Worth, oh, one safe yeah. place. Yeah, very so cool. Ron and I were at the ten year anniversary of that. Anniversary. Uh, Ken Shedder has provided and others have provided significant leadership there for a long time, yeah. and it was just amazing to have these dignitaries from all around the country coming to give praise to the Fort Worth Family Justice Center as being the standard for the world. Yeah, wow. there are twenty something countries around the world that have built family justice centers based on the work that our own Fort Worth. Family Justice Center has done. It was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very impressive. So, hey, hey, before we yeah, move on uh, for the three churches, so the key thing to me that I like for here that we share when we go to speak and stuff is that a smart and healthy church, or Church C, has employees that can't wait to get up and come to work every day. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, that's what we've said many times in our staff. You know, we, we want employees, we, even when we hire somebody— we say, hey, I want this place to be so good, yeah. healthy for you, and we're going to have heavy workloads. We're going to work. We're going to be accountable, but we want employees that can't wait to get up and come to work every day. I don't want our global audience to be thinking that oh. we have some utopian uh, culture that we've created here. We work hard. We work fast, and in that, we also cause offense to each other as staff, yes. right? So that definitely happens. Yeah, I've been in meaning the- to talk to you. That offend- yeah, that offends me. <laughs> in the- <laughs> In the midst of loving each other, <laughs> right. we still cause offense to each other, yeah. right? So it's not perfect, but it is uh, uh, It yes. is unique. Yes. We act unloving sometimes, but even then we deal with it. Right. right? So, we don't sweep yeah. it under the rug. And, so right. we've got mission, we've Ignore got vision. It. The right. next thing is that we have a strategy. Strategy. Yeah. It's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, what is it called again? <laughs> uh, it's like this a is cereal. A pop quiz. I remember a cereal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. life. Life. There yes, you go. And a board game. So, yes, so our strategy of how to make disciples. Yes. Love God. I is invest in people. F is fellowship with believers. E is engage our culture. And we have little baby steps underneath each of these. That It's kind of a scorecard. If Practical you steps. don't know where you are and you've never engaged in these types of things, here's step one, step two, step three, step four to yes. help you in your journey. We try right? to make it very simple to follow. I hope so. Yeah. I will say it's been, it's so simple that it's actually kind of worked. Yeah. Our congregation, for the most part, I hear people talking about life and they talk about these phrases. So that is beauty to my ears when people parrot back these types of things. It means we're actually communicating well, right? <laughs> and they're listening. Yeah, and <laughs> praise That's God, important. they're yeah. listening. That's always good when you hear a church member Say repeat one of your core values or part right. of your mission statement or your strategy, like, and they're telling other people. Yes, yes. you're going, oh man, that's that's what we want. And especially when they're not related to you. That's, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's not your wife. Or yeah. You. So we do have a strategy. Every church needs to have that. And then the one component that this goes back to the soundtrack, right? Yes. Sometimes when we talk about values in a church, we talk about the inerrancy of Scripture. We talk about the Trinity. Priesthood of you the know, believer. In other words, these are Baptist faith and message or doctrinal statements, and those are all excellent. Very important. You need to understand them, yes. and you need to have them. Yeah. What we're talking about when we say values, though, is staff values. How are we going to do work together? Or as Rick says often, 
the human factor. The human factor. <laughs> I said that too much. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The human factor. Not yeah. human league, oh, but human right. factor. I like that term. That's Culture. two. That's Culture. two for those keeping score. <laughs> it's our operational values. Yes. We have to distinguish between yes, them. Yes, How we operate. There is yeah. going to be a new order coming out. That's three for three. A new order. <laughs> yes. Okay. From the East. Okay, good. Do you have a list of those values, perhaps? <laughs> no. That you uh, could share oh, with our I global do. Oh, I thought, uh, do I have a list audience? of 80s groups that I can keep on referencing? <laughs> no, I do have a list. Oh. So, hey, here are some of the what values. What are those, Christopher? Well, okay. Wait. Now, these are going to be, we call them plumb lines. I've never called it a plumb line, but that's fine. Okay. The, I have one of those at the, home. <laughs> those in the know <laughs> call it plumb lines. Okay, here's one of them. One of ours is crawl, walk, run. Right. Right. So, Rick, what does that mean? That means that when you have a project or something, a plan, that you just start out kind of slow and you walk through it. And then once it's going good— you know, you kind of speed up a little bit, and then you then you're on the run. If you if you just run through every event, then you're going to fall harder, right? Or you know, you start crawling. You go, okay, yeah, this is working out. This is going to be pretty good. Let's go a little further, mm-hmm. and just kind of go into a project with ease and ease the pain of if it doesn't work because you're going to do some that are just going right. to fail. They're going to fail. Yeah, we want to fail fast. We want to fail early. Yeah, we want to we want to know quickly that these things aren't going to work. Least damage. Now that's a staff culture, but it's also a church culture. We're going through a whole bylaw revision right now. Yes. As trustees, you guys have been chewing through this now for eighteen months, two years. Yes. And we're going to take the next six months and digest that with our people, and then only then are we going to vote. So it's a slow, slow process. Takes a while. Another one's called never lead alone. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. So what's that mean? I think it means never lead by yourself. Oh, well done, Ronnie. Well done. I never could figure that out. <laughs> if I remember what alone is. <laughs> yeah, you're always mentoring, and those are doing ministry. Those are opportunities. You don't have to go through a workbook to help people learn. I mean, we have our residence program. Part of that's just, hey, walk alongside me. We're going to do this together. You're going right. to learn. I'm going to learn. So we, uh, we don't do this by ourselves. Another one we have is enter the danger, right? It's a lot Ooh. of danger. Yes, where uh, you're good at that. Oh man, danger, I, Will Robinson. Yes, <laughs> there's one. <Right>. Yes, uh, <laughs> warning, warning, warning. The idea here just being that we are not going to allow unresolved conflict to reside on our staff or in our church. And right. so, when we know that people are not getting along, we're going to do the uncomfortable mm. work of inviting them into our offices and having a conversation. That who typically means, that? yeah, typically means dangerous conversations. And right. they are difficult and painful. Yes. Right? But necessary. It's so necessary. Unresolved conflict is not acceptable. It no. just, it ruins your momentum. And we all know in, in church work, when you have momentum and you lose it, yes. it's two times harder to get it back than it was to get it started. Unresolved conflict leads to fluffy church. Yeah. I was going to say. It does. That's a bumper sticker. Yes. And the enter the danger is critical for a healthy culture, a healthy staff. Yeah. Yeah. Or you got all these little things pending all over the place. Everybody's mad and nobody got resolved. It just makes it worse. But back to the culture, I mean, it helps when you, you like each other. Yes. It helps when there's a trust level, right? So I can have a difficult conversation with you because we know each other. That's you know, exactly right. I'm out for your best interest and I right. see something that could cause you harm down the road or the team harm down the road. So it really comes out of that love for each other. Which love is messy at times, but it's necessary. Yes, I agree. The last one I uh, will just mention is another example is people over stuff, mm. right? That's a great ministry line. People over stuff. I have really appreciated that from my chair because I'm a freak about time. And when someone shows up late for a meeting, 
it often causes me great distress. <laughs> yeah. It really bugs me. Yeah, you locked the door on us. Well, <laughs> now, Rick, I did yeah. not do that yeah. here. I've done that somewhere else acting like a yeah, competent see, jerk. It's <laughs> I have. It's 1.30, right? we're locking the door. <laughs> that was a former life, a uh, former career. But no, people over stuff. So if someone shows up late for something... And all they have to do is just say, hey, people over stuff, and all of us understand. They were not late because their alarm clock didn't go off. They were late because they were having a critical conversation with somebody, a meeting a need, and that's okay. Yeah. It's more important on our agendas. It's not just for staff meetings. It's Sunday morning, right? That's a great one. It's difficult on Sunday morning. Right. You, got, you got someone got in your lobby crying. Deadlines you better stop and, what you're doing yeah. and go provide some comfort. Yeah. Man, that's, that's yeah. true. You can't just say, hey, I got to go to a meeting. I'll be right back. Yeah. That's why I try to avoid people on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He comes in the back door. Is that oh, no. why you do that? Oh, there's people. Yeah. Go this way. He well, looks you, around like, mm. have, Having a security team with you <laughs> helps with help. that. Yeah. Yes, armed. <laughs> so really, the, the purpose of just sharing mission, vision, strategy, values, and the beginning setup of that every organization has a soundtrack is that my experience has been that most churches do in fact have a culture. Yes. But mm-hmm. it is not intentional. Yeah. It's happened by accident. They're not deliberately trying to say anything with it. They're just kind of saying, "Meh, this is what we do." And yeah. my argument would be it should be so much better. God mm-hmm. deserves our best. Yeah, that would be the interesting study how good, effective are those cultures? How mm-hmm. positive are those cultures? Mm-hmm. You think it would typically default to the negative? I, I think if, it has to, Without Ronnie. intention. Even our culture, which we've been very deliberate in setting, if we were not dogmatic yeah. about enforcing it and, and making it happen and talking about it all the time, it would yes. naturally gravitate. You know, the, there's there's two words in science, entropy and atrophy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they apply directly to organizations. The only thing that is natural in an organization, church, corporate, city, whatever, is death and decay. Right. Everything good that happens is the result of good leadership. Yes. And we discovered that carrying tasers helps a lot yes. to maintain that culture. I always wondered oh my about gosh. those. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have said safety security. Shouldn't have That's done right. that. He, he likes yeah. the tasers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Crazy Pastors. As always, if you have a crazy pastor story to share or you would like us to discuss a specific topic, please go to our website, crazypastors.org, and there's a contact form there. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, but get Thanks. them in early because there's a ton. There's a lot, yes. It may take us a couple <laughs> days to get back to you because of demand and the number of emails we get. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Later. See you later. Later.